So today we're picking up our Dwell series. I hope you remember it, uh, that we've shared throughout the past few months. And today our main passage comes from John 3.16. Now, I realize that it's not the easiest to share a message on this passage. Uh, It's one of, of course, the most famous passages in Scripture. But we're going to give it a go today. All right, so please extend grace to me as I work through John uh, 3.16, and we're going to uh, read up to verse 21. So let's take a look at the scriptures today, John 3.16 uh, to verse 21. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. There's a sermon. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. Verse 20, for everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Here's our first thought for today. Can you say, everyone, with me? Everyone. All right, let's do it one more time. Everyone. Can we hear you in Little Current? Everyone. We can't hear Little Current. It's all right. They can hear us. Everyone matters to God. Everyone matters to God. Or if you internalize that message, we know that I matter to God. Can you say that with me? I matter to God. Sometimes a child will throw a bit of a fit and say something like, nobody cares about me. Have you heard something like that before? Right? I, saw, I thought I saw a kid walking down the street with a suitcase the other day, and I was like, oh, they're running away. It was actually just an adult that had a childlike appearance. Anyways. <laughs> at least from the vantage point I had. Maybe your child has said something like, nobody cares about me. The truth is, you know this, we know this, everyone matters to God. Nobody who knows God can say that they don't matter. Here's uh, a deeper truth, I believe. This is, uh, A.W. Tozer said this, "God, God has his eyes upon me and is emotionally concerned about me. I'll read it again. God has his eyes upon me and is emotionally concerned about me. Every one of us can share the same truth. Our Father in heaven has his eyes upon us and is concerned about us. He cares for me. I always think how different, uh, think about how different companies and brands uh, in our world will do advertisements about how they care. The one I was thinking of was, you'll see these commercials, especially right now with the NBA Finals, they'll be like, and the, the NBA cares. Well, maybe they do. It's nice for them, and it may look good in an advertisement, but the truth is, none of them matter. Jesus, he cares for us. In our scripture of John three sixteen to 21, we learn by the words of Jesus, that he cares for us. You see, we live in an atmosphere around us that says that nobody truly cares for us. People only want what they can get 
uh, from, uh, from, from uh, they, they, excuse me, they only want what they can get for themselves from others. You have to be careful that you aren't taken advantage of. I remember one of my uh, uh, weaker moments in life. I get, how many of you get distracted? Like when you're doing something, you, you lose focus? Okay. Well, when I go in the grocery store, I don't have, I, I just got to stay on the list, right? You know, I, 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 so, and I've been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, and so I used to shop in grocery stores. I used to get paid for it for a job I had. No wonder I feel weird today. I'm like a foot behind where we usually am. All right, that's better. I'm in my spot now. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, and uh, I remember someone found out that I was a Christian, and I was, I was younger. I was going to Bible school at the time. And they said, does it say in the Bible that God only helps those who help themselves? No. It doesn't. All right. And the truth is that principle, and I've actually heard that in our community, the truth is that principle, you may, you may think it's true, but it's not of God. He cares for us. It's not about what I can get, what I can achieve. I know our world tells us that, but God tells us that he cares for us. Pulling the shield and guard down is difficult when it comes to doing everything for myself. Nobody cares for me. Only I can take care of things. That's a shield and a guard that needs to come down. The truth for us today is God actually cares for us. Every one of us. He cares for us. Pastor, you don't really care about me. It's okay. God does. Like, seriously. You know, my spouse doesn't like me. It's okay. God loves you. <laughs> oh, boy. God actually cares for us. He cares what we are doing. He cares about what we're doing. God doesn't care what I do, Pastor. I can do whatever I want. Okay. Go ahead. It doesn't change the truth that God cares about us. And he cares what we're doing. Some of us have trouble enjoying life. Have you ever met someone that has trouble enjoying life? God wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy it. Some of us struggle enjoying our marriage, and he wants us to enjoy that too, if we're married. When my relationship to God becomes religion and a to-do list of right and wrong, I know I've got a problem. When I can only enjoy life because God does this or this or this, or when the people around me do this, this, and this, something's out of alignment. It's a gift in learning how to enjoy life and just enjoy it. No pretenses, no requirements. I'll enjoy life when I'm retired. I'll enjoy life when I'm a millionaire. Although that doesn't mean anything these days. A billionaire. When we look at our text and John chapter 3, we see verse 17, we see that Jesus did not come to point the finger. What a lie our world has told us, right? Oh, religion, Jesus, he just points the finger. No. He came to save us. That's what he came to do. One commentator wrote, Jesus could well have come to this world as a judge and destroyed every rebellious sinner. He could have. But in love, he came to this world as our Savior. And he died for us on the cross. Man, that is a shift in thinking, isn't it? He could have come to destroy us. 
could have. But he came to this world as our Savior. He died for us on the cross. Jesus gives to every one of us eternal life. He has salvation for the whole world. Every one of us matters to God. When someone says to you, well, that person, they can't get saved or God won't save them. (laughs) You're wrong. He will every single time. The truth is everyone matters to God. I matter to God. You matter to God. He actually wants to spend time with us. He does. If you're lonely, don't worry about it. you got Jesus. Just open the word, begin to pray, and his presence will come. So everyone matters to God. Now here's our next thought. A lie. Can you say that with me? A lie. I kind of want to call it the lie, but we'll just call it a lie today. The enemy, Satan, has deceived us. It's not something that we should be uh, hard on ourselves for. His goal is always deception. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. You and I have been created and we're born with tremendous intellectual and spiritual proportions. Now, some of us may not feel that way. We may have been told that we're not actually that intelligent, that smart. No, no. Every single one of us has tremendous, we're born with it, born with tremendous intellectual and spiritual proportions. There's a lie that is whispered into every single one of us. And you and I may have even been familiar with this lie. We may be familiar with this lie. Here's the lie that's given to every single one of us. You do not really matter to God. God does not have any emotional connection with you. God isn't concerned about you. That's a lie that you and I, in one form or another, have been told has been placed on us. Every time I hear myself or someone around me say that, so, you know, sometimes say it, and we say it with a, an effort to be, you know, humble, you know, within the spirit of humility. But some people will say, I'm not a big deal. Don't worry about me. I'm not a big deal. In a modest way, of course, I understand, but in a spiritual sense, it's simply not true for any of us. We are a big deal to God. We are. He cares for us. What we're, he cares what we're going through, what we're facing, the trials and struggles of our life. Remember this from the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why would he give his son if he didn't care about us? Right? Wouldn't need to. This is true yesterday, today, and forever. When you look around us, everyone is trying their best to separate themselves from everyone else, but they are Uh, But their statements, we separate ourselves by our statements, the things we say, what we wear, who we love, what we support, what uh, we are for and what we are against. That's how we tend to try to identify ourselves in these days. In the end, at least in the Western world, we're so consumed by our side of the world, but in the end, at least in our Western world, we've been lumped into piles of statistics. Think about that. I, I, I get a little angry every, not at the government, but every time you get one of those Government of Canada census things, I get annoyed. Because I feel like as a good citizen, I should fill it out. But I'm like, I don't want to waste my time with this. But then I think, if I don't fill it out, then they're not going to know what I think. Right? So I have this inner struggle. And then as I'm filling it out, I get more and more annoyed because I'm like, oh, I'm telling them all this stuff. I'm just going to be lumped into categories on their website. We've been lumped into piles of statistics. How many white people live in a community? 
How many English-speaking people are in a community in our country? How many French-speaking people are in a community? What religion are you? Oh, you're a Christian. Well, what kind of Christian are you? To the point where there really isn't any individualism out there anymore. Right? In many respects, we become, and this happened long ago, but in many respects, we become a series of statistics. When I was preparing this morning, I would think about how I would use the word statistics to try to inspire um, and encourage our uh, young people to sexual purity. Do you know what happens when you're a teenager and you get pregnant? You become a statistic. I don't like statistics in this sense. Statistics, say we've been lumped into, the, into piles to the point where we, there really isn't any individualism anymore. In fact, uh, again, Tozer wrote this. If you look at all the statistics and come up with the average person, it would be nobody. Think about that. If you took all the statistics and said, this is what the average person is, you ain't finding that person. They don't exist. Because we are all individual. We are all loved and cared for by our Father in Heaven individually. Statistics doesn't reveal a person. Humanity does. God made humanity every race, every shape, every size. He didn't make us all skinny for a reason. We need some big people out there. Come on. Come on. Man, every time I go into some places, I'm like, look at all these. I won't say it because I'm going to offend some people. All right. Sometimes, this is, what, this is what happens. Sometimes people say, oh, you like to eat? Yes, of course I like to eat. <laughs> yeah, if you put a piece of smoked meat in front of me, it's going in. Come on. Yes, I have willpower. Oh. I, we, we were at a wedding on Friday, and my boys tried to eat the dinner, but it was difficult. So, but I liked it. So I thought, I'm just going to clean their plates. And I thought, no, no. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm with Arlene. We're supposed to be fancy right now. I held back, just so you know, I did. I felt good. Then dessert came and they didn't eat the whole dessert. And I was thinking, oh, I let it go. It's okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, one of the last, when my grandma Snyder was here, the last time she was here, obviously, because she passed away, she saw me eating my kids' plates and she says, Jason, you can't do that anymore. I said, why not? She said, you're too old for that. I said, yeah, well, you would know. All right. No, I love her. It's okay. This is a lie and deception in the days we live in. You matter to God. You are more than a statistic. When we look at Jesus, the Son of God, we see that he is so much more. He sees the humanity in each of us uniquely. Jesus deals with us as individuals. Do you notice when Jesus speaks to us, he doesn't just speak to everybody? Think about that. When he speaks, he, he doesn't just tell me, this is what you need to say to everyone. I'm not going to speak to them. Right? He speaks to us individually. You and I are not statistics. Even in our gathering today, as we look to one another, we've come to worship together, open God's word together. Uh, and, and Jesus, as we're doing those things, as we're worshiping, as we're reading God's word right now, Jesus doesn't look at us as a group, a number. He looks and speaks to us by name. 
Think about that. He doesn't just speak to the, the right side of the room or the left side of the room. He speaks to us by name. He doesn't just speak to our Espanola campus or our Little Current campus. He speaks to us by name. God doesn't look to the masses. God loves people. He loves us individually. Well, Pastor, I, I can't follow your religion. Why? Well, I don't believe everything in it. Well, don't worry about it because God speaks to us individually. He does. God doesn't look to the masses. God loves people. He loves us individually. So our first thought was everyone. Our second one was a lie. This, we've gone through that. Our next one here is this. Just come. Or if you're old school, you would say just come as you are. Any ideology that takes our belief away that Jesus cares about us, no matter what, is a false belief. Well, Jesus will only care about me if I do the right things. Stop it. Jesus only cares about me if I show up to church on Sunday. Nope. He still cares. Jesus only cares about me if I drive a certain kind of car. Nope. Nope. Jesus cares for you no matter what circumstances you're dealing with in your life, in this moment or any moment to come. What if my life has been taken over by sin? Well, God cares about you, no matter what. There is nothing you can do to separate yourself from God's love. Nothing. All we have to do is believe. Just come as we are. Believe that he, Jesus, is the Son of God. That he's forgiven me of everything I've done wrong in my life. That's what our belief is. God doesn't just feel the pain of our fallen world around us. God sent his son Jesus. He didn't wait for us to turn to him. He's, he sent his son to set us free. Think about that. He, he sent his son. He wasn't waiting. He sent his son to set us free. For us today, we must remember to believe in Jesus. We don't benefit from Jesus, God sending his son to die for our sins, unless we believe in him. This isn't just a good book. It's more than that. Believe means more than intellectual awareness or agreement. Believe means to trust, to rely, or to cling to. That's what believe means. It's not just a nice thought. It's actually placing my trust, relying, and clinging to him. The in, uh, here's the next one, the int- intent of God's love. I've mentioned a few lies that we falsely believe or that are around us. Another lie that has crept into our lives is that God is okay uh, for some not to be in eternity with him. Let me say that again. A, a lie that has crept into our world is that God is okay for some of us not to be in eternity with him. For some to be separated from God in hell. Well, it's, I've done what I can. They're going to hell. The intent of God's love is that none would perish. That's the intent of his love. That none of us would spend eternity without God. Now, does that mean we all will spend eternity with God, every single person? No. Because we have to believe, right? We have to trust. The love of God saves us from eternal destruction. We will be destroyed if we do not believe in Jesus. He is the only way. He is. 
You can fight me as much as you want. He is the only way. I noticed this recently. I wanted to share some of my, uh, you got, a lot of you know I, I enjoy music. I'm a musical type person. Uh, some of my favorite worship leaders and worship songwriters, those sorts of interesting folks, um, they've actually been shifting their writing styles, I've been noticing. I think it's because they're just getting older and a little more mature, right? But some of them have been shifting their writing styles, and I find it intriguing where it's going. Some people, some of us, are realizing and coming to terms with the reality that it is a narrow road, a narrow path to eternity with Christ. Yes, Jesus welcomes all of us. Absolutely. His love for us is wide and encompasses everybody. But for those who die to ourselves and pick up our cross daily, it will be a narrow road. There aren't multiple ways to heaven. There aren't alternate routes. There aren't other roads to take. It's simply Jesus and recognizing that he is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. That's what it means to be a Christian, to profess with my mouth, believe in my heart that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. The message of hope, no matter the darkness that every believer carries with them, is simply this. Somebody does care about you. Maybe you were only a number to the army. This is a quote by Tozer. Maybe you're only a number to the army, but you are a living, breathing human being made in the image of God. And the God in whose image you are made cares. You amount to something to God. You are a treasure to God. You matter. No matter how great your sin, we know through our passage today that forgiveness is offered to every single one of us. Let me go down a list that will resonate with some of us, maybe probably all of us today. If you have sinned and don't believe in Christ, it is not all right. Everything is not okay. Without Jesus in our lives, we will not spend eternity with him. But no matter how far from God you may feel, no matter how many times you've failed, no matter how many lies you've told, how many te- uh, no matter how terrible you've been or how no good you feel, no matter what you've faced and are facing today, you matter to God. God is concerned about you. Not in, a, in just a, you know, our word concern, but he actually cares. Right? He, he wants to know you. He wants... You to know him. He wants to exchange what's going on in our lives with one another. No matter your past, no matter what some of us may know about your past, no matter who doesn't have faith in you, they cannot keep you out of God's kingdom and his love for you. You matter so much to God that he gave his only begotten son for you, for me. As we close, Pastor Chris, perfect time. As we close, there are seven wonders of our main scripture of John 3.16. There's a little chart. Uh, could you throw it on the screens for me in the back there? Thank you. So on uh, the left-hand co- column, you'll see God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. These are the seven seventh wonders that we're going to reflect on today. So the first one, God. He is the almighty authority. So loved the world 
That's the mightiest motive that he gave his only begotten son, which is the greatest gift that whoever, the widest welcome. Notice he didn't say whoever is in Rome. Whoever is in the United States. Whoever is in Africa. No, no. He said whoever. That's the widest welcome. Believes in him. The easiest escape. Think about it. All we need to do to spend eternity with Jesus is to believe in him. That's our escape plan. Well, that's pretty easy. Yes, it is. Whoever believes in him should not perish. The divine deliverance. Don't mistake it and don't mistake anyone you speak to. Jesus is our great deliverer. He delivers us from darkness. And finally, but have everlasting life. The priceless possession you cannot pay or attain for salvation for eternity with Jesus. There's no, there's no amount of money that would be enough. There's nothing you can do that would be good enough. It's just this free gift. So as we reflect today, these words of John 3.16 and then the rest of the passage to verse 21, these words change the course of history. The love of God is all-encompassing, and it is for everyone. Well, Pastor, I, I know someone that they're really into some stuff that's not very Christ-like. Is it for them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, your pastor, they've, they've done some awful stuff. Someone would say, well, what about this crazy, mean, bad, horrible person? Yeah. Jesus is for them. And he offers eternity for them. Do you know that all of us are evil? Just because we're sitting here, well, pastor, I'm not in jail. Good for you. But just because someone is maybe in jail or despised by our society for something doesn't mean that they're any worse than you or I. The love of God is all-encompassing. It is for everyone. Everyone. Especially these days, when you speak with people, when we make comments online to something, maybe on the phone, whatever, let's operate from the spirit and the position that the love of God is all-encompassing. It is for everyone. Well, Pastor, I don't agree with what they said. I don't agree with what they do. Neither do I. But the love of God is for everyone. No one gets excluded because we, maybe we live a certain way, we do certain things, we act a certain way. <laughs> That's foolishness. The love of God is all-encompassing. There's room in God's kingdom for every single person. It's for everyone. Every one of us needs to walk away when we start a relationship with Jesus, every one of us needs to walk away from the sin in our lives. That's why we find a narrow road to heaven, is because we leave our past in the past. Whatever's been done, it's been done, we leave it there. But we walk forward into the promises of God, where he tells me that I'm loved 
that I'm chosen. That he sent his son, his only begotten son, to die for me. And because of those things and so many more, I live for him, I do what he says, I try to act like him. I try to think like him. Do you know, some of you won't be surprised by this, but every Sunday morning, my mind is flooded with evil things as I, as I pray and prepare. I, I know why, because every time we get up here and speak, the enemy wants to shut us up. All right? Don't kid yourself. And so every Sunday, I've noticed, I'm in a routine of asking the Lord for forgiveness for the thoughts that are in my mind. I, yet everything I think isn't pure, isn't holy. And I say, God, take it away, take it away. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I'm surrendering these things to you. The love of God is all-encompassing. It is for everyone. It is for everyone. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray, and uh, Pastor Chris and the team are going to lead us. Um, I think I forgot them in my office. I have Authentic Life Journal scriptures. We have them in Little Current, and they'll be sent out by email. I'll bring them upstairs, so if you want one, just hang around, and uh, I'll, I'll bring them up from my office. This is what happens, you know. I even printed them this time, and I still forgot them. Lord, have mercy on me. All right, let's pray. God, I pray today that we would be gripped from the deepest part of our soul that your love is all-encompassing and it is for everyone. I pray when the people in our lives you know, the annoying ones, they come to us this week with something and we're challenged to love them. God, I pray that we'd remember that God's love is all-encompassing and it is for everyone. Lord, I pray for our family members who on purpose do stupid things and make us angry. Maybe they're our kids, maybe they're our siblings, our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews, you name it, I don't care even if it's a distant relative that we don't even want to admit is related to us. God, I pray that as we interact and as we share our lives with them, that we would remember and operate from the position that the love of God is all-encompassing and it is for everyone. God, I've said it before, we're not looking for any perfect people. There are no perfect Christians. That's a lie. We're not looking for perfection. You, Jesus, are perfection. And you died on the cross for us so that we could spend eternity with you and live in paradise, in perfection with you. So Jesus, I pray that you'd forgive us, that you'd rid us of our evil thoughts, our resentment, our anger, our hatred, whatever it may be. Take it away. Remove it from us, that we would hand over our burdens and the weights that we carry to you. And God, that again, we'd operate from the position, moving forward, that the love of God is all-encompassing. It is for everyone. Your love is for everyone, Lord. Not one of us is too far from you. There's no depths that you cannot reach us. There's no heights you cannot grab us from, Lord. So God, I pray that we'd remember that. Lord, as our team uh, sings this 
song again, the goodness of God. Lord, I just pray that we let these words resonate alongside with the message today and that our praise would erupt because of the goodness of you in our lives and the fact that you love us. You care about us. Every single one of us, Lord, you care for. You have a mighty, particular, special plan for our lives. So God, would you be with us as we worship you? In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, Pastor Chris.